This is Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, a podcast and radio program presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. Most any contemporary musical style can trace its roots back to the blues. Time Signatures explores the blues and its musical connections with captivating interviews, lively discussions, and news from the world of the blues. And now, here he is, your host, Jim Irvin. Well, thank you so much, Parker, and welcome to Time Signatures. I'm your host, Jim Irvin, and I just wanted to take a quick moment as we get ready to kick off our final episode of this, our inaugural year, and just wanted to say thank you for your listenership, for your support, for your kind comments, and I wanted to let you know that we have so much more coming for you in 2024 I'm excited to share some big news with you the first of the year and more great interviews. You can count on it. Please, please, please lock us in. Keep coming back for more. And we are going to do our dead level best to keep the blues alive. And most importantly, to preserve the history of the blues one story at a time. Well, hello there. Hi. And welcome to another uh, podcast episode of Time Signatures. Well, wait a minute. Were you telling me hello? Well, or were you telling your listeners? Everybody. Okay. Hey, you, you included. <laughs> okay. Well, you were looking at me. <laughs> we are located this afternoon uh, coming to you from the shadow of Winkin, Blinken, and Nod in Rio Town near downtown Lansing. And, you, uh, you might have to explain who that is. Well, we're going we're gonna to get into oh, that. Oh, all right. We'll oh, get okay. into that. Okay. And the, there's kind of a neat backstory that we can, if we have enough time, we'll talk about how the three towers got their name at the Erickson Power Plant. But we are in downtown Lansing, and uh, we are actually located at the Record Lounge in Rio Town on Washington Avenue. And um, our very special guest today is none other than Dennis Preston. Uh, Dennis has been involved with, I would say, art a good portion of your life. Is that pretty fair? I would say a large portion, not a good, but very big. <laughs> Absolutely, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about it. People are gonna go, well, how does that tie into the blues? But you've actually done a few posters for some some big names in blues, haven't you? Yep, some big names. I guess I, I have to start by kind of breaking the ice a little bit. Have you always been a doodler? Wow, I think yeah, yeah. I'd have to say I I have been. But probably not until later years after grade school. I, I drew, but I doodled more, mm -hmm. you know, probably starting more in uh, junior high and, you know, high school, doodling on folders, and then people would buy them. They, you, you were actually selling the folders to they, your... They bought them from me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were entrepreneurial at the, at the tender age of, what, eight or ten or a little older? No, no, junior high. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, but mainly with other students. I wasn't freelancing at that time. Yeah, yeah. but just kind of getting your feet wet. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I got wet or not, but yeah. Yeah, because like you don't, uh, you know, I didn't really have a vision for what I was going to be getting into. I just knew that I, I, I liked to draw. Growing up, I knew, okay, I wasn't going to be a fireman. I wasn't going to be this. You know, I just knew at an early age, hey, I can do this. This is probably what I'm going to do for a living. So you you knew right out of the gate what your what your passion was. You had oh yeah had that yeah. pretty much identified in first grade. That's when I knew right then. Did you ever get in trouble in school for doodling? 
No uh, books and things or yeah, well no, I didn't I didn't get in trouble. I think sometimes the teachers would say something, you know, if I'm drawing on my test, you know, if I get done with my <laughs> test and then I'm drawing on it because it's just like okay, I'm waiting to hand it in, you know. Well, and, and that's one of the things that I've noticed about you for for those of you we're gonna talk about the posters more, but we had that scanning party at the house. The scanning we, party. Yeah, we <laughs> scanned over a hundred of these posters that you had done, and we'll talk about those in a few minutes. But, okay. But while you were there, you grabbed a little piece of paper and you scratched out a doodle before you left, which I stuck in the back of the poster that you left for me. Oh, okay. In the frame. So whoever sees it years down the road is going to go, what the hell is that? Yeah. And it's one of your doodles. Yeah, it's a doodle. Yeah. yeah. So uh, while we're talking about doodles, okay, because doodles are fun, you you need to talk about this new book that you have out. Okay, we're talking about the book here. Yes, sir. Um, when I was in a band in the late '60s, early '70s, there was a a dog and suds on Michigan Avenue. It was mm -hmm. down by Resurrection, and there would be times like us as a band would go in there and you know have hot dogs and fries and stuff but i would always doodle on the napkins and leave them for the waitresses right there was one time i went back in there and behind the front counter you know where you pay they had all these doodles up on the wall i was amazed i was going man i didn't know they were saving them you know these were all yours yeah, they were my doodles <laughs> that were up there. And I'm going, man, you know, it's like a little gallery of these. And it showed me, it just kind of opened my eyes. They go, wow, people really like these things. To me, it was just me leaving something for somebody or spending a little bit of time on it. But years later, um, I started doing it, you know, when I was doing errands or meeting with a client. And I would just doodle while I was waiting for them to show up. Mm-hmm. Or I was taking a break from the errands and I would just sit there and, you know, spend about a half hour drinking iced tea and then, and I would make a doodle, you know, and leave that for the barista. But when I was leaving that for the barista, I started noticing that customers were taking them from them. They were on the front counter. I'd no leave them kidding. Up. Yeah. The customers would look at them and then take them. And then I'm going, wait a minute, you know, I left that for the barista. So I start writing on there, you know, this belongs to the B crew. I called it B crew, I think. I don't know. I'll have to look and take a quick <laughs> look here. Yes, I did. I put the B crew. Because the B crew. The B crew because it stood for Big B. That's really cool. Now, what is, what's the title of the book? Napkin Doodles. Napkin Doodles. And how appropriate. When you open the cover of this, and I've already started flipping through looking at some of the doodles that you have in here. And I got to tell you, you've got a really cool sense of art. You look at the faces, they're new to the same. They're, they're, they're some almost, almost similar, but similar, yeah. but different. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's, there's, there a might be a little bit of features that might look like one of Right. Right. Yeah. But napkin doodles by Dennis Preston. Where can we get a copy of this? This is only available online at okay. lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U dot com. Yep, and then slash spotlight, and then slash again, and then it would say uh, Dennis Preston Books. Okay. That's what I think it says, yeah. And, and this book is what, 20 bucks? Something yep. like that? Yep. And and if you can catch up to him, he'll sign it for you. Yeah, um, if you can catch up to me. And, and I do have a copy sitting right here, so guess what, buddy? And we're looking at it. We're looking at it right now. We're Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's cool to me because I have to go back and tell the story of where I got the overwhelming desire to sit down and talk to you. 
All right. We met earlier this spring. Well, we didn't meet for the first time. We've met several times previously. You've done posters for the Jazz Fest and the Blues Fest, and yep. you've done stuff. You're wearing a for shirt. Cabs. Wearing a shirt right now for the Capital Area Blues Society that you did. Their little guy, their little music guy. Yeah. So you've been around. You've been doing stuff, and I, it's like I always knew that you were like local, special, local, important. You know, because people knew you, and and you'd done so much for different things in the Lansing area. And then lo and behold, I find these posters. I went to the the Lansing Music Instrument Swap over here in the South End. Right. And you were sitting there, and you had some posters, and of course you were doodling. I was doodling. <laughs> but I saw a poster there for, for Rare Earth, and you have since learned that I have ties to some friends that toured extensively with Rare Earth, and they yeah. have formed a new band called Brother Earth. That's Brother, B-R-O-T-H-A, Brother Earth. If you haven't heard of them, Look them up. You will thank me, okay? And they've, they've got that rhythm and blues that, you know, the old school, yeah, you know, stuff that you would think in Motown. And, of course, Rare Earth was the first non-African-American band that was signed by the Motown label. And everyone that came in afterwards under them came in under the Rare Earth label. There you go. Okay? So here's this guy sitting at the table. And he's, you know, doodling. And of course, you know, I've, I've, I know him. I've, I've met him a few times and seen him at different things. And, and I look and I see a poster for Rare Earth sitting on the table for sale. And I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of cool. He's just, you know, he's, he's doodling these posters and he's selling them and stuff. Start talking to him and I find out, no, he's been doing these posters since what? The mid seventies, would you uh, say? No, no. I, you start? I started doing concert posters in the late sixties, you know, mainly 69 up till uh let's see about probably 74 yeah you know it was like all that time straight out of high school i was doing concert posters i started with a local band Mm -hmm. called the dogs they're still around but they're out in la now that's where they're based out of but the dogs would always have me do their posters i was doing posters for my band but the dogs got around more so the dogs from there, the dogs did a show out to the union at MSU, and they had two Detroit bands on the on the same uh, concert there. And the promoter that put that on, that was the first time I met him. He was from around the Detroit area. From there, he started having me do posters for the Melody Ballroom down in that area. Mm-hmm. And then from the Melody Ballroom, I started doing them for Sherwood Forest over right. in Davison. Yep. And then from there well not necessarily from there but around the same time i was doing them for the stables and that's where the bigger names there were some big names at sherwood forest there sure were yeah but the more well-known people were coming through at the stables and that's where the blues thing ties in because there was muddy waters uh, oh yeah who else was there Muddy was the one that jumped out at me. As soon as I yeah. saw that poster, I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. <laughs> but there was a buddy guy one that I did. Okay. Uh, but that was a photo, but I still laid it out and put sure. a border in it. It was all hand-lettered. It's buddy guy, and who else was with him? The, Junior Wells. Okay, all right. Is that what it was? It could be. I think it was the two of them on that poster. Okay. Um, and then there was the Cotton Blues Band, James Cotton. Mm-hmm. I did one of those. I'm sure there's 
and probably one or two other blues ones, but there was also jazz. I was doing jazz ones. Charles Mingus and uh, Eddie Harris, Les McCann. But I was doing for some posters for other places around Michigan, and some of those were blues. You know, um, John Mayaw, he was at two, yep. two locations. Um, See, as you're talking about these, I'm going back in my mind. Remembering, yep, I remember oh, scanning oh, that. You remember, remember the... Vi- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and the cool part about it is when we talk about you doing posters, and I wish there was a way for for people to see these, and eventually maybe there will be, but these aren't just photo posters, like you said, the ones you laid out. These are actual posters that you drew, right? Uh, where you actually drew a poster with the the likeness of the the band members, yep. and you found out that a couple of years later that one of those posters was stolen, the design. Well, it wasn't a couple. Of- Wow, I don't know how many years ago it was. Oh, several but, several years ago? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, well, never well after. Yeah, they somebody, I don't know who did it. You know, maybe it was somebody that the that, uh, CD was, you know, the label that put that out. I don't know where they got the image unless they found it on the Internet or whatever. But anyways, they took that image from the poster and they used it for the cover on there. And they made, you know, a slight change with the coloring and all that. Mm-hmm. When I first saw it, I go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because when you told me about it, I went and did a search. It was the Rare Earth Collection, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, but it was a, an import. Oh. It was outside the United States. So they were, you know, nah, 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 yeah, you know? yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys. But they, but they literally <laughs> took a chunk of that poster, a perfectly square chunk, and made it the cover of the CD. Yes, they did. And, you know, while I think it's cool because I have a copy of that CD and you've signed it for me, that had to suck as an artist. Is that, has that ever happened uh, to you before? Yeah, but not a lot. It okay. doesn't happen a lot, but I've I've seen my stuff pop up on other things that I knew that I didn't draw that for them. Okay. You know, but it doesn't happen a lot. But I think just because of that being like an international label, like you said, you know, it's... They don't go by our laws. You know? Right. When they see right. an image and boom, you know. Well, and I think back then, you know, the much like everything else in the world back then, protections weren't in place that are now for But do you think those property. are going to really work? Well, the protections? It, well, if, if they're from international, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they make rules and sense to us, you know. Right. But, you know, people... People have a different idea in different countries, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's like the it's a, you know I'm not I don't want to have to deal with somebody trying to hunt down who did it and right. what and you know and try. That to would take, take away from your joy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, because then it gets into story problems, and I'm not really into you know running into court going you know you use that for the cover without having any uh, okay from me, you know. But once in a while, I might get. Um, a musician or a band asking me for permission to use an image and if it's something I already drew then they'll pay like a, a certain amount a royalty for it. or whatever well not, not necessarily a royalty I'll just you know like a one time charge just for them to use the image for their okay. CD cover well that's cool yeah and they're good about it and the thing too they're not paying like a full price of what right, that would have right. cost them and they're still getting a cool cover but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that, and that's happened. I was talking to Bill Castanier yesterday about it, where Des Dickerson, do you know who Des Dickerson is? 
not familiar to me. Okay, he was in uh, one of Prince's bands. Okay, all right. So he got a hold of me, and because he saw one of my images on the internet, and then very cool. And he was uh, he wanted to use it for a band. I'm trying to think of what the name of the band is, like Five Doors Down or something like that. Okay. And I said, okay, but let me just change it a little bit so it doesn't look like the original that I did, you know. So I, I did change the, the way the coloring was, but it was still the same art. You know, but that was like a, a national release. So, but I, I got paid for it, but yeah. at least he got a hold of me and, you know, so that worked out. So you, you, haven't, you haven't just done blues, you haven't just done jazz. Right. You've done some big name classic rock and roll posters too, haven't you? Yep. Well, I would say not big name posters, but big names were on the posters. Yep. Brother Big Bob. Names of, what's that? Brother Bob Sr. Well, his name was kind of small on the poster. Well, I, I can see him right <laughs> on the wall, right behind you, too. Is it really? Yeah, he's right behind you. And uh, We better watch what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's down there, too. Jeez. <laughs> this place really has some Bob around it. <laughs> I'm, t I'm telling you, I love the ambiance in this place. It is so cool. If you ever get a chance, and I, they're not sponsoring us or anything. Right. I was actually supposed to interview Heather today, but she's not feeling well, so oh. we're gonna we're gonna do another time. Um, but I'm dying to talk to her about this place. She's one of the only women record store owners in the country. Oh wow! Okay, uh, and when you walk in here, this is like Warehouse Records on steroids. When I was a kid, remember when I was a younger guy, the, the Warehouse Records and yeah. and some of the other record stores. I mean, this is they've got old stuff. They've got you know, now vinyl's okay. being re-released as new. Yeah. You know, so you, you can come in here for the collectible stuff. They got a poster for the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> sitting right behind over here. Um, it's, it's just a really cool place to come in and yeah. browse. And, I mean, they've got old posters hanging up. I think they sell some of your stuff here, too, don't they? They sell some of my stuff, too, up yeah. by the front desk there. Some, some uh concert poster prints and uh, there's a few album covers that i drew during uh, a record store day during the shutdown um when you're talking about this place it it gives me a little bit of feeling of sounds and diversions that in free spirit i used to do their murals and their ads and their posters and a little bit of wazoo okay you ever been to wazoo i have not oh wazoo you know, she could tell you about Wazoo, you okay. know, but Wazoo was like FBC. Okay. But the walls were amazing. The walls, his name is John. He worked there, but the walls were collages. Oh, wow. And you'd have album covers that are small. You'd have stickers for bands. You'd have all of these things, and they were covered more than the walls that she has. That's but They neat. were collages. Yeah. Yeah. They were amazing. <laughs> but that's really cool well dennis talk about your favorite bands that you created for or posters for is there any of them that really stick out in your mind i know you said that normally you're you're reached out to by a, a label rep or somebody a, a, a promoter or somebody to do posters but yeah any of them stick out in your mind as your favorites that you just like wow i'm actually doing this i i don't know if i'm you know it's it's the kind of thing where i I'm doing the poster, but I don't know if I really went wow, you know. But well, you're talking in the '60s, late '60s and early '70s, right? You're, and you're doing posters for people like Ted Nugent and Amboy Dukes and Bob Seger. 
you you didn't get even a little bit of fanboy and go, wow, I'm doing these posters for these guys? I don't think I did. You know, because I, I, the way that I've always been with people that are, you know, that are well known for sure. certain, I'm just thinking, well, they're like me. They just have a different job. The celebrity part, I did, I'm not affected by that. And I know some people are, you know, and then some, even some of them that I've met, it's not where me going up there, hello, hi, I did this for you, you know? Right. It's more like the promoter going, this is Dennis, he did the poster, you know, for this event, you know, and I had somebody do that when I, I did one of the, he played out at the MSU with Peter Frampton and Steve Miller came to town and something, this is Dennis, he did the, uh, you know, the big ad, the flyer and a poster or whatever, you know, for the concert and he went, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and kept, you know, and I can understand him going, yeah, because he's got to do a sound check, you know, sure. you know, yeah. and like, who am I to somebody <laughs> like that, you know, hey, you know, you know, but, and it's like, um, they're doing these posters. I know that some of the people liked what I did. I know that Chuck Berry liked the one I did. Uh, Alice Cooper liked the one I did. I would hear back either through the promoter or somebody else, you know. That, that person really liked what you did with that sure. poster, you know. You know, so it's good to hear that, you know, that they like what I did. I know for some of these bands, I could have done a whole lot better time-wise if I had more time. Because when a, a lot of the posters, it had to be done right then. So I would spend, you know, stay up all night and work on it. And, you know, in some cases, if it was a local venue, I would take it to the print shop the next day. If it was for out of town... Uh, back then, I wasn't driving, so I'd get on my bike and ride to the nearest mailbox and put it in there so they'll get it right away, especially with the Melody Ballroom, because I was doing those for every week. So every week, wow. I had to do some. I'd get a phone call, like, between 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'd <laughs> work on it on the kitchen table, you know, and my mom and dad would have to come out there and push everything aside, you know, if I'm... Cause that's where I worked. I was drawing on the kitchen table, and they'd always have to push the stuff aside to be able to eat. But yeah, he needed he needed it right away. So I, if I would have had a computer back then, well, and he'd oh, have man. to have one too. I, yeah, I yeah. could have just you know just sent well, it right I, out. It's know? just like this equipment that we're using today to record the show. I mean, you have a very pretty mixer. I look at this. <laughs> I look at this, and I think to myself because I worked in radio for ten years when I was younger. If I'd have had this equipment back then, what could I have done? I mean, if I if I had this equipment when my, when my grandparents were alive, Ooh. the stories could, I could have recorded. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and, and my mom passed away just uh, not quite a year ago, but I'm wow. thinking, you know, and this has Bluetooth built in and I can do phone calls with it and record them live. I mean, technology, we grew up in a really cool era, you and I. I know that we're not that much apart in age, but we grew up in a really cool era, but we were just on the cusp. You know, if you'd have had that technology oh, yeah. today. I know. Oh. Because back then, I was mostly drawing pen and ink. I would dip the pen in the ink and then draw and dip it again. You know, I wasn't using felt pens right away. I used uh, some dry transfer type and rubbed that on. But if I run out of letters, I start mixing all these styles up. <laughs> You know, and it come off like punk art, punk rock stuff. And But I would, didn't mean to, you know. Oh, man, I ran out of a W. Now I got to grab something else and stick it down there. But some of the posters were all hand-lettered straight through. The, the Charles Mingus one was. Well, and, and that's what I liked about your posters, that is that it's 
got its own its own flavor it's got its own style it's this is you can look at this and know that it's a Dennis Preston poster <laughs> because the the mixed fonts. Yeah. No, 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 no. The thing is, I look at them now, you know, especially the Alice Cooper one. I go, man, why did I use that font on there? That doesn't go with the rest of the poster. And the Alice Cooper poster is one of my favorites. The Charles Mingus one is, but I when I look at some of the old ones, I'm just going, man, that's not right. Being who I am today, sure. But then being you know, this 17-year-old kid putting this stuff out, then okay, you know. Okay, that was okay for back then. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. But, yeah, but I didn't know that much. You know, it was pretty much self-taught to do a lot of that stuff. You know, people weren't showing me how to do these posters. And and obviously, I mean, the stuff that you have developed through the years is just, it's, it's a body of work that stands on its own. As a matter of fact, Michigan State University is going to be well. They're interested. They're interested. Okay, so you're still yeah, in talks the, with the, them. Yeah, we're still. We're still. Yeah, even this week, I got a hold of them again, and you know, we, we haven't. Now that you now that you have your stuff archived, <laughs> and that was part of the reason I didn't move ahead. Yet. Sure. You know, so they they are interested in archiving Michigan music venues and sure. posters and anything related to that. Um, not necessarily anything outside of Michigan. They really want the Michigan stuff. And I would think especially because, you know, there's some of the venues that are on there, you know, are Lansing and East Lansing, sure. you know, especially the stables. It's something that's not solid yet. You know, maybe by the time the broadcast this goes out, maybe it is. I don't know. So right now, yeah, I'm just emailing her back and forth about it. It's very cool. Very cool. Dennis, I want to thank you for being with us today. If you would... Once again, the book is called Napkin Doodles by Dennis Preston. And Dennis, give us that uh, URL, the URL again. It's lulu.com. Right. It's, it's lulu.com. Forward slash. Yep. Spotlight slash. And then Dennis Preston Books. Okay. And you can find it in there. It's 20 bucks. It's well worth the money. And uh, our... our deepest appreciation for you being here today also our deepest appreciation for the record lounge for hosting us today yeah and um we will definitely keep in touch and see how things are going with you down the road okay okay yeah. right. did you get all your questions i i, I did whoa i did so thank you very much we appreciate you being here well, and we are out this has been time signatures with jim irvin presented by the capital area blues society in lansing michigan for more information on cabs visit capitalareablues.org you can find this episode and past episodes at lccconnect.org the time signatures theme song michigan roads is used by permission and was written by root doctor featuring freddie cunningham Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive.